Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. What do the Eurovision Song Contest and The Voice UK have in common? Well, my next guest, Brooke Scullion, sometimes known as Brooke, is an Irish singer-songwriter. She was a contestant on Series 9 of The Voice UK, finishing in third place, and she represented Ireland in the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 with the song That's Rich. Brooke is considered as one of the up-and-coming Irish artists. And coming up next on Celebsvant, we've got Brooke Scullion. Brooke, thank you for your time today. And where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your, happening in your life and how are you doing? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks for having me. Um, to, at the moment, I am getting ready to move to Dublin, which is like the capital of Ireland, big city, big move. I'm doing a new show down there. I can't really disclose what it is, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a really big step for me. I'm really excited about it. My EP dropped midnight last night, like today. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> and um, I am... Um, Thank God I'm so good. This is the first like collection of music and something I've created. And then I'm touring Australia in April. And there's probably so much that I'm missing, but it's all positive. I'm so lucky. And I'm just being surrounded by family at the moment until my life starts to go crazy again. Amazing. What for you, what was the inspiration on how did you land up being in the music industry? I actually had to do an inspirational talk yesterday for um, kids that are in secondary school doing exams and I was like I wrote I had a page in front of me and I wrote down like five bullet points and it was like weird uh it was like it was like all these different bullet points and I just really focused on trying to tell them that it's okay to be weird and not to conform in school and um that your path will eventually find you if you've the confidence to take it and that's kind of really exactly what happened to me uh I sang the whole way through school, but as soon as I got out of school, I felt like at school I was a big fish in a small pond. And Mm. as soon as I branched out from that to a city, I felt this size. (laughs) I didn't think that I was, I didn't think that I could match the level of actual artists or I didn't think that I deserved to be at that level. So I didn't even try. I didn't even put myself forward for anything. I stopped singing. I think, I don't think I sang for maybe two years. Which is which is awful. It's mm. awful. I maybe sang by myself, but I just wasn't in a good place. And my friend actually put me in for the voice auditions that were coming to the university. We all got an email being like, "Whoa, look what's coming!" And she said, "Brooke, you have to." And there was not there. I was was not going to go, but it was in my building that I study in. And they came outside and were like, "Is Brooke Scullion here?" And they were all like, "Yeah, yeah, here she is." So I went in and. I actually tried to sing an Adele song and they said, absolutely not. We're not listening to this. We didn't come all the way here to listen to Adele. Mm-hmm. We can go to a karaoke bar and hear that. So I panicked and I sang Hotel California by the Eagles a cappella. They liked what they heard and they spoke to me for 15 minutes. And from there, the journey that I went on through that process, realizing that I was equal to the people that are on stage and to feel that I got that validation from such big artists because four people turned around for me when I did my blind audition that was when I realized okay there is something maybe 
in here there's something special about me and that I can actually do this. So tell us more about the the journey through the voice. I mean so basically what happened was in Ireland everyone is so reserved they don't want to go and be different everyone it's better to be normal and to stay under the radar and I walked into the room where all the people were waiting to go into the blind auditions it was the green room and everyone was saying well, I've done this and I've done that and I've sang with this person and I'm and I'm unreal. And I was sitting there thinking, I am so out of my league. I am completely out of my depth. This is going to go horribly wrong. And I never seen any one person from that room again in the competition, which is crazy. It's just the difference of mentality. Once mm. you believe, I feel like what was nice about my approach was I never felt like anybody owed me anything I worked for it and if I if I'd worked that hard that I deserved a place to be there the voice was that was the making of me in my opinion the expertise that I learned like I got free vocal coaching from the biggest people in the industry Mm -hmm. there was a man called Walid and he was like backup singer for Mariah Carey and he was doing vocal coaching (laughs) he was the coolest person (laughs) I've ever met in my life he used to throw the door open and walk through and be like, yeah, like do all these like runs and stuff just so everybody knew that he was there. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I kind of just really respected him and always wanted to be that person and, and be that energy that you walk into the room and you command it. Mm-hmm. Not in a not in a bad way, yeah. in a in a really strong way that you're yeah. like you have a presence and that you you're really sure of yourself so I got to the final which was oh that was and that was really really crazy for me and I just thought the phone is never gonna stop ringing I'm gonna be so busy this is gonna be the best thing that's ever happened to me the phone didn't ring ever the pandemic was rife and I guess I just came back home and didn't see a, a single person for except for my family for maybe the guts of a good few months anyway. And then I had to get a full-time job in an estate agent. And that's kind of where I thought, right, I've got one more chance essentially to try and give music another go. You can't live, you can't live like this. You can't, mm. you can't just be happy. You'll not, you'll never be happy mm. knowing that that's what you want to do and where you're at now. So I was like, how am I going to get there? What's the one change I can make? So I took a Wednesday off every week from the estate agents and I wrote music on those Wednesdays. And it was kind of, it was really difficult in the beginning because it was winter and I would get up in the dark and I would go down to the studio and I would like go home in the dark and I wouldn't see sunlight. And I was really, 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 um, it was really hard. Uh, but that music that I wrote then is the EP that came out today. And to see the person that I am now compared to the person that wrote that music is the craziest thing for me like it's like this massive 360 that I've came through so much and in that time I actually fell in love and I learned how to grieve someone and it's just it's been a really a really kind of developing time for me and I'm, I'm really grateful that it happened this has been the best year of my life and it only comes from hardship I guess that you can really appreciate when things are really good and that's made me a stronger person and I'll be able to accept failures that come in the future because of that so let's let's put out there that there won't be failures in the future it will just be positive steps forward but but it's life yeah it, that's yeah, life i agree is. i totally agree 
Now, so the music that you've written and the songs that you've created, of naturally they've been inspired through your journey and your experiences. Is that correct? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would say, and the actual running order of the EP is kind of the exact same way I would have that, that I actually wrote them chronologically. So it's kind of an immature beginning, and you become more mature as the EP fi- finishes, and then it ends with you being your most vulnerable. Then you just kind of go in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for the people again listening. And again, my head's going round as Brooks circling around <laughs> with the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a 360. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now tell me a little bit more about your experience with the Eurovision. Yeah. Well, so this just, it, well, honestly, we, I think we, what happened was I was still working in the estate agent and we submitted me and my manager, I suppose we were submitting my music to everyone that we could. And then there was this open email saying that for the first time in seven years, Ireland was going to have a public vote and a public show to pick their Eurovision contestant. Now, I've watched Eurovision from I was a child and never once did I know how people got onto mm. that stage, which is, just, I was like, how do they get in the box? How do they do that? Like, why, why are you there? And I guess That's Rich was the most, I thought it was the catchiest, most kitschy song that would do really well in a Eurovision setting from the EP. Because um, I've had this EP sitting ready for um, the guts of a year. So in May of last year, 2021, we submitted That's Rich and it was just a flippant, well, we try it. Yeah, submitted it, never heard anything for months. And I think it was either end of October, start of November, got a call to say it was shortlisted from about four or 500 down to eight songs. Is it eight? I think it was. And I was like, I just assumed at this point, I was that used to rejection Mm. that it wasn't going to come into fruition I was like I didn't even realize that the eight songs would compete on the show I completely didn't even forget didn't even think and I didn't tell anyone I got the call at work and I was like right okay so I went back and sat at my desk and just went back to work again and then when I got the email through that, that what was happening I was like oh my god this is my this is my shot I was like all along the whole way through the process I was like this is it this is my one opportunity give it everything because if this doesn't work out there's no way anything else is gonna there's no way that anything's gonna happen does mm. that make sense I'm trying to I'm trying to word this in a way that it makes sense yeah, yeah. it's like totally makes sense in the music yeah. industry things are so hard yeah, <laughs> things are so weird yeah and if you've no momentum you're not gonna no one's gonna listen you have no one that's gonna actually want to hear you apart from maybe a 10 kilometer radius from where you live for me this was the this was it this was my opportunity to break an Irish audience because I've never done that before it was UK and even then at that time the UK anyone that went on the voice they weren't producing any artists that Mm. are like that are noticeable apart from Becky Hill who's in the first season yeah and she did that herself that wasn't from the, the show so I guess I was like this is it it's organic it's your song you wrote it because in The Voice, everything was covers. I was like, this is your baby. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? How do you want to say it? Who are you trying to target? So I just approached it like it was the biggest thing ever. And lucky enough, like I thought it was going to go the opposite way. I thought the public weren't going to really understand me and think I was too confident. And uh, the public, actually, they put me first. They gave me all their points, which was, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> And do you know what? It was actually the opposite way around. The judges, like the in-studio in jury, and um, one of them came up behind after to me and was like, yeah, 
the worry was that you would be too confident. And I was like, have you ever seen Eurovision? I thought this was meant to be a panel of, you know, perfect, like people who were had been to Eurovision and knew what worked. I really thought that that would have been my strongest mark. But it just shows you like, you're never going to please everybody. And that's, that's what's made me, it doesn't even, it doesn't even bother me, but it just kind of shocked me. But yeah, that kind of got me into the crazy world of Eurovision. And I have happily been residing there ever since still in my mind. <laughs> it was the, it was the best experience of my life. And to this day, it will, or it will always be, I know it will be. And I know now that I've made a lot of uh, people happy, like the way I represented Ireland and, I'll never say never to performing again. I would love to be involved in some way this year at being in the UK, which is just across the water for me. So I, I mean, like I'll never be too far away, but also I don't know if I'll compete like in the future. But I'm never gonna say no for now. Yeah, absolutely. You've you mentioned that your EP was just released, and you've got these upcoming tours, Australia next year, and so forth. What beyond that? Are there any? plans beyond that or is it just focusing on that and then you're going to decide uh I've, I've, i'm always writing music and i've okay. got about maybe four songs now that are really good um you can write as much as you want and some of them work some of them don't work mm -hmm. i've got four that are like okay this is this is really good and i guess it's like i'm free i'm a i'm a i'm an independent artist i'll be able to i think it's songwriting shows and exposing myself that way doing intimate gigs down in dublin and we have a plan basically and I'm so excited for my future because I'm not just in one area. Yeah. I'm not just in music. I do TV and I can I would love to act someday mm. and you know I there's the the possibilities of the world are endless and I feel like the positive energy you get out you obviously or give out you obviously receive back yeah. in some way or another. I know that I'll always put my happiness first so if there's something that I feel aligns with my personality I'll always say yes, regardless of what that career path yeah. is. And are you still but at music this... is number one. Music's number one, but are you still at the estate agent? No, no, no. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I no. That was uh, I loved it at the time, but yeah. obviously I couldn't I would never know this is the passion, this is the dream. Yeah. Uh your top five dream artists that you'd like to collaborate with. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Mostly women, I would say. Uh Miley Cyrus, mm -hmm. Toblo. Uh, John Mayer. I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. Okay. This is difficult. I've only got two spots. Lil Nas. Lil yeah. Nas X. Uh... <laughs> this is difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, Brianna. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you even a more, more difficult question. That's okay. not, not necessarily your favorite. Okay. Your top of mind, top five songs by other artists. Really? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, I love this game. It freaks people out so much, but it's so much fun. But I'm not saying your favorite, but the top five songs, go to five songs. And I know this will change. If I ask you this in five minutes, if I ask you this in six yeah. minutes, if I ask you this tomorrow, it'll be different. So in this current yeah. moment, your top go to five songs that you would play right now. Okay. Private Dancer by Tina Turner. Oh, yes. Yeah. I watched her documentary last night. Oh, she's so amazing, blown. yeah. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, I'm on fire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Three uh, more. <laughs> okay. Lizzo, Truth Hurts. Okay. Dolly Parton. Oh, I know all of her music. Code of Many Colors. No, that's the wrong song. It's not. Code of Many Colors. It says Code of Many Colors. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like. 
Joseph's technical dream coat, but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more song, one more. <laughs> um, this is so hard. Do you understand what I know? It's share, believe, share, share, believe, share, believe. Love that. Obviously, you from the younger generation. Previously, was way before your time. It was CDs, cassettes, um, vinyls. Mm. Those are making a comeback. Uh, yeah. Gratefully, because I love me a CD. I love me a CD. I love holding something. I love the booklet, seeing the pictures, seeing the lyrics. What are your perceptions of the way people are consuming music now? There is all types of education at your fingertips. The world is so the world is so small now. There mm. is nothing to hide. I'm worried that children are growing up too fast, and that is like that's one negative of it. But the positive is is that people are really tuned in to how raw music used to be and how talented artists had to be to be you know like the you only had a certain amount of tape to record a song yeah. like you can you can, we can understand this now because of how much technology we have and how how easy how much easier things are for us now and i feel like people miss that they miss how raw music had to be and how they want to feel that energy like the the mtv unplugged i think they're my favorite kind of session like nirvana's mtv unplugged vinyl i have it it's my favorite record i think it's the most oh i love it anyway i love hearing that and and to hear things on vinyl to actually have to work to hear a song to take it out to yes. look after delicately place onto a fine needle not damage the needle mm. rather than Google, 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 search. People don't realize how hard it is to make music yeah. these days or to get music out there. So for people to now have to actually appreciate a, a, something to care for instead yeah. of you can just buy a new phone. It's not the same. I feel like there's more energy has to be put into different types of listening and that adds a different level of pleasure in one way and different level of appreciation. So I love, I love it. Totally agree. For me, I feel that Buying that CD, for me, it's a CD. Obviously, for people, it be vinyl, cassettes, whatever it is. But buying that CD is an energy exchange for me saying thank you to you, your guys for your hard work. Mm. Because people, like you said, they don't appreciate how much hard work, to, you know, from going from nothing to a four-minute song and then having 15 of those, it's damn yeah. hard. The pictures, the creativity, the art, artistry. And yeah. I feel a lot of people are missing that energy exchange of saying thank you to the artists of now, yeah. you know, because they're just like, okay, oh, skip a song, oh, skip a song. And by, yeah. <laughs> by allowing us to have that energy exchange, it gives a gratitude and thanks for receiving it and for your guys' hard work. Yeah, it's just, it's, it is just a thank you. Like it, mm. it, even going for extra length, even though it's still not hard, it's, it's so much more appreciated and holds so much more depth than yeah. than going and streaming something yeah. for no like for zero point zero zero one. It doesn't even matter. It's just it's. I I remember my daddy tells me how he used to listen to music. He used to work on a farm and he would go and take all his money from either two or three weeks a month pay and buy the next record of his favorite artist. And it could be a single. It could be an LP, it could be anything, but he's, mm -hmm. that's what he spent his money on. And he used to go home and be so excited to hear what they had done. It was, an, it was a complete, like, 
wait. It's like people don't wait on series anymore. They have all 10 sitting ready to go. You can watch eight hours in a row if you want to. It's actually the suspense and the excitement that builds in that, that, that time frame and the amount of effort you have to, and sacrifice you have to make to, to get that is the exciting part. And it, it adds a whole new thrill. Like music maybe doesn't, people don't get that same thrill anymore unless yeah. it's live concert. Exactly. Well, I do. <laughs> I, well, like, you do. I do. And I'm actually going to add your EP to my list because I, I go to, on, to Amazon and every month I put uh, a little bit of budget to buy a couple of CDs. So I'm going to add yours to my list. Oh! Yes, I'm going to actually do it once we finish on the uh, the recording in a moment. Now, what is your perception on social media? I am aware of positives, very hyper aware of the negatives. I find it hard to post openly and freely um, because I, when you meet me in person, I'm I would wish I wish someone would follow me with a camera instead of me posting something because. Yeah. That's so unnatural for me. To that's just a not unnatural. You can't free your one arm. One arm is being is being used. Like it's. I just don't. I just don't get it. And I find it really weird how people with the biggest personalities on a digital platform, if you meet them in real life, they yeah. can't hold a conversation with you. <laughs> and that is scary to me. That is so terrifying to me. I don't understand it. The anonymity that pe- that it gives people is yeah. terrifying. I don't know. I love it for obvious reasons. Yeah. I love how like I could connect with somebody and how how far away and yeah. immediate. I can. I'm look at. I'm talking to you now, and that is amazing. And this can go up, and and everyone can hear it from anywhere. But it's just getting to a place now where I just I really focus on the fact that kids are growing up too soon and what they're exposed to can't be completely. Um, what do you call that like chaperoned like you can't be with yeah. them every second of every day and you can't control what they're going to see and that's just it's difficult and it's amazing and it's also you just have you just have to be I think you, the kids just need to be you need to be open with them now from here on and social media just a beast of its own I can't yeah. even give an opinion on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have you been to South Africa before um your perceptions or experiences my mommy are... and daddy have my mommy okay. and daddy have been to South Africa they okay. loved it the wine party is unreal <laughs> <laughs> so putting it out there that you'll come and perform I'll be cheerleading in front and then we'll go for drinks afterwards. How does that sound? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> you enjoy naturally performing live. What is that experience for you? Connection. Connection to however many people are in the audience. I was, I, there's a thing you wear when you're performing called in-ears. Yes. And I couldn't understand how people can perform and wear these because they completely sound block everything else out from you. Like, you can only hear yourself on the instruments. Now, I've only recently learned that you can take one out. How bad is that? I'm deaf as shit. That's why I'm so deaf. It's so bad. So I was like, wow, I can hear everything. This is amazing. Wow, people, I can actually hear myself. But you can't hear the crowd. So what I do now is obviously take one out. And the connection that you can see in people's eyes, seeing them going crazy and, and really enjoying the music that you're putting to them mm. and being silent it's 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 like silent when it needs to be like really like you can I don't know there's just a really free thing about performing for me like I don't get I'm lucky enough if I hadn't done the Eurovision I'd be terrified every time I went out on stage but now I realize what a blessing it is and how many people covet the position that I'm in so it's just a <laughs> that's Bless me, you. my dog carpet and I'm horrendously allergic <laughs> that's why I'm sniffing my dog's 
was on this carpet about 20 minutes ago. I'm allergic <laughs> to him. So, you know, it's interesting. But, uh, you mentioned yeah. about connection. So I love being that person right up front, right? I jamming yeah. around. So in South Africa, there's a word called Joel, J-O-L. So I'm joling in front, okay. having, having a good time. But what I find so frustrating is everyone around me and for the people who are listening, I'm picking up my cell Nail. phone and they've got their cell phone <laughs> trying to get the perfect picture, perfect video. And I'm like, put your cell phones down, you know, just enjoy it, being in the moment. How does that break the connection for you with the audience, seeing just cell phones? I, that's the coolest thing you've ever said, because I love hearing things like Madonna makes people put their phones in a bucket, like at the front, like, yep. and that. That's awesome, but I'm not at that level. So, like, <laughs> obviously, the more people that post about me, the the more interaction I will get, and people yeah. will find me. So, yeah, that's cool. But I never have my phone out at a concert ever. I went to the only concert recently in modern times that I went to that I've noticed that far less people were on their phones was Youngblood. I don't okay. know if you've ever heard of Youngblood. Oh yes, of course, yeah. He is the voice of this generation in terms of what he says, what he stands for. And I was like this. I think it was the best performance I've seen this year. And I was at Glastonbury and everything. Second was years and years. <laughs> it was unreal. Um, he completely captured everybody in the audience. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It was the most powerful thing. And I do believe that, yes, phones are amazing and I'd love to get everyone to get their torches up so I can see that someday in a stadium. That would be amazing. But also, it completely severs your vision, your everything. Like, you look at the phone, you're seeing that much. Like, you're you're looking at that because you're like, oh, I want to keep it censored. And it, you you see the smallest part <laughs> of this of everything exactly and there's people that document everything and i'm like what have you seen tonight what have you witnessed have you said can you see what what is your phone seeing that your eyes can't see your no phone will ever no technology will ever develop the amount that your eyes can see per, like everything oh mm. i just I, I just don't get it because it would never be me yeah. but for someone else i i sit and i'm i'm i never usually smile at a concert because i'm mesmerized i'm, I'm yeah. taking in the lights I'm taking in the backing singers. I'm taking in the the who's like vibing the most in the band. I that I'm I'm constantly observing everything, and it's exhausting for me to go to a concert because it's like a it's like a real euphoric experience. Yeah. Whereas for someone who's on their phone, they're more interested in showing everyone else where they're at instead yeah. of actually being present where they're at. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually use that as part of the blurb for this when I edit it out. I love it. Love it. So, Brooke, the podcast is listened to. So, my main audience is actually in the UK and the US, South African third, mm -hmm. Germany and Belgium. So, it's worldwide received. So, as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? Well, that was a good one. Presence. Just remember to be present, whether who you're talking to or what you're listening to and try and think about how it came to be. And that's kind of the coolest thing in life. Like be more, be more present and enjoy my album. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is a Celebs Event signing out with Brooke Scullion. Brilliant. Thank you.